So if you're listening to this podcast, you know that Kevin and I love a certain type of movie. But what you may or may not know is that we also both really love dogs. I love my dogs so much. I have two and they're my kids. Yeah, I myself just got a brand new dog. Her name is B. And one of the first things we did when we got her was sign her up for BarkBox. When BarkBox shows up here each month, we call it Puppy Christmas. Why? Because your goodest boy or girl is going to get two innovative toys, two all-natural bags of treats, and a chew curated from a unique theme collection. So head to BarkBox.com slash Cultasplat and get a free extra month when you sign up for a new subscription. That's BarkBox.com slash Cultasplat. Once again, we are nearing the end of the summer of Splat here on Cult of Splat, uh, but it's not over yet. I am your host, Taylor Bartle, here, as always, with Kevin Nesgoda. Yo. What's new with you? Not a whole lot. Just, you know, it's been fucking hot down here lately. It's Dude, been, it's like been hot here, minute. too. Yeah. Well, hot in Seattle is like 72, but hot down here is like, you know, 90s. Well, that's <laughs> it, true. It was like 100 and something yesterday. Or no, the day before. Yeah. And yeah. And the new puppy constantly wants to go outside. And I've been like trying to close like our wall of windows to prevent heat from coming in. And she just sits there and whines like, I want to go outside. And then she goes outside for two seconds and comes back in and then whines at me because I close the door. So she doesn't (laughs) have like access to go back and forth. And yeah, you know, so that's been fun. Nice. Yeah. So I hate my dog a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, we love our dogs. We love our dogs. Just a little annoying. She, you know, it's her first year here. She doesn't know what she's doing. But, you know, she comes from Palmdale in the desert area. So she must like the heat a lot more than we do. She likes it hot. She likes it very hot. B is passed out in front of the couch. Good girl. So, uh, like I said, we are nearing the end, but we do have two more weeks left of the summer of Splat. Uh, last week we went to the great outdoors and oh that reminds me i haven't sent yours that but sh- should i try the zagnut on the podcast i think you should try the zagnut on the podcast all right let me go grab it one second okay so yeah i went to a, a little independent candy store in uh, astoria oregon this week and i came across zagnuts Yay! And of course, you know, if you listen to the last episode, you heard us talk all about Zagnut and how we had no idea what they were. We'd never actually seen one in person. Kevin described them wrong. But I eventually got it right. <laughs> no, you got it right. <laughs> described as crunchy peanut butter and toasted coconut. The Hershey Company, Hershey, Pennsylvania. So it's Hershey's answer to Butterfinger mixed with like a Mounds. Oh, there's no chocolate. There's no chocolate? Uh, no, I thought it was chocolate, but it's... It's like oh, a straight peanut butter. It looks like a bit of honey or something. Oh, interesting. All right, here we go. It's crunchy. The inside is definitely like a peanut butter, or like a butterfinger. Is it softer than a butterfinger? It sounds just as hard over it, a microphone. No, it's it's definitely softer. Oh, it's, that's good. It's so not it's as not, a, not as crispity as I was expecting. Not as crispity or as crunchy. No, it's got. But it's got coconut like on the outside, like toasted coconut on the outside. Oh, interesting. It's good. It's not Sweet. a not a strong 
coconut flavor. So if like if you hate coconut, like I know a lot of people do, it's not it's not overwhelming. Oh, I, I do enjoy coconut. Some people like my wife, she does not like the texture of coconut, but likes the taste of coconut. Coconut milk and curry, she's good with. Like just you know, coconut in a candy bar or something like that, or like German chocolate cake, no go. She might like this, I don't know. I'll split it with her. Yeah, I gotta put yours in the mail. Yeah, not bad. Wonder why they stopped making them. I don't know. And, and you know, when I was reading about it, it didn't say really. It's just like, you know, they stopped making them like ten years ago, thirteen years ago. Weird. I wonder when that one was made. And it's not like there's like anything else like it. No, I have never heard of like a peanut butter coconut candy bar before until, you know, we read about this. Yeah. Like a lot of times they'll discontinue candy because another company, you know, pretty much has the market on it or something, but. Right. But apparently not Zagnut. Apparently not. Zagnut was an original. Maybe we can bring it back. Hashtag bring back Zagnut. We better see that trending in South Africa. <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shout out to all the people in South Africa and around the world that are listening and have gone to Apple uh, Podcasts and given us a five-star review. We appreciate that very much. Thank you. Like I was saying, though, last week we went to the great outdoors. This week we are headed to the beach to uh, get a nice little bungalow and uh, spend some money on a nice summer rental. Hey, now. That's a good one. Uh, second week in a row, we're doing a John Candy movie. Because he's awesome. How can you not love the great John Candy? Uh, well, I'll tell you how. A lot of people don't, because this is 17%. You know, it's not his greatest movie, but it's still funny. It's Yeah, I'll I'll get into it at the end. This this movie definitely has some flaws. Um, a few. <laughs> but it's, it's still a really fun movie. Uh, audience score is 51%. So it's... It's just uh, just above halfway there. Yeah, that's, again, probably one of our lower audience scores, I think. I think so, yeah. I, we, I really need to start, like, putting this in the spreadsheet so I know and I can, like, prepare. Yeah, where's, and... our, where's our Excel sheet you promised? I've been busy and lazy. <laughs> I was going to say, busy doing what? Not working. <laughs> <laughs> Masturbating. Yeah, constantly. constantly. <laughs> uh, once again, no critics consensus for this one. So uh, I pulled two different quotes here. All right. The first one is from Michael Lasky of the Bay Area Reporter. This one I can kind of, uh, well, I don't know. It's, it says, <laughs> if nose picking, belching, farting, and vomiting make you laugh, summer rental will prove to be a refreshing knee slapper. Which, All of those yeah, were those... very, very minor. Like it happened. Like there's one nose picking scene. It was very quick. There was a mention of a fart, but there was no actual farting. Um, you know, this isn't one crazy summer um, where the dude's eating chili above the guy and buried in the sand. And yeah, there's like you know the there's one, one vomit scene. One vomit scene, which is one of the yeah. funniest scenes. Yeah, exactly, because he gets shithoused and, and delivers you know, a great like, line, which we'll talk yeah. about when we get there. But right, and then go sailing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the water's calm, but you know, a little chop was going to make you make the stomach turn a little bit if you're not used to it. 
Uh, and then Paul Atanasio Atan- uh, of the Washington Post was a little more scathing. He said, Summer Rental is the kind of movie that could make you wish you had poison ivy. At least the scratching would occupy your mind. I never like Paul Anastasio or whatever his name is. <laughs> Adonasio. Adonasio. You know, I don't like him, so I don't have to know his name. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck Paul. And fuck the Washington Post and fuck Amazon. That's right. Jeff Bezos burning hell. You've ruined America. Yeah. Yeah. But bring back the Sonics. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'll start to forgive you. Yeah. Things can be forgiven. <laughs> This is from 1985, so this is pre-Great Outdoors. A year before the Great Outdoors, right? Uh, three years, wasn't it? Wasn't it 80? Oh, no, I think you're right. It was 86. Yeah. And Directed- it was uh, John, or it was uh, Uncle Buck that was in 89, so we thought it was like an 83, 85, 89 run for John Candy, but Uncle Buck came much later. Yeah. I thought it was like the precursor to you know John Candy being a big star in the U.S., so my bad. Directed by Carl Reiner. Uh, he's he's in some good movies. Yeah, I definitely know the name, but I, off the top of my head, I'm completely blanking. He's mostly kind of a political communi- uh, communist commentator <laughs> now. <laughs> um, Let's see. Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13. Yeah, he, he was a big part of like the remakes of those. Um, the Man with Two Brains. The jerk. The, the jerk. Oh, classic. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of that I couldn't re- recall. But yeah, he has done a lot of great movies. I mean, he's one of the uh, creators of the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that was back in the six, the 50s. 61. 61, sorry. I should just look. <laughs> uh, written yeah, by... That... Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Oh, shit. He did summer school, too. He did? Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. That's next week. Yeah. Uh, Written by Jeremy Stevens, who was previously a writer on What's Happening. (laughs) Oh, right. And then went on to be a writer for Everybody Loves Raymond. That's an interesting transition and a few years apart. But yeah, this was his only movie. Uh, Also written by Mark Reisman, who similarly, this was his only movie. Uh, He, uh, this was the, his first writing credit looks like. But he went yeah. on to do some writing on Wings. Good show. Frasier. Good show. Prison Break. Never saw it. Yeah, me neither. But People seem to enjoy it. Yeah. So, uh, IMDb quick synopsis says an overworked air traffic controller takes his family on a beach vacation, but is soon beset by a series of mishaps. I think it's supposed to say a series of mishaps, but. It's pretty close. You know, it's in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, it's as usual, doesn't get into too many specifics, but is technically accurate. Yes. So should we dive right in? I think we should uh, take off our pants and shirt and jump into the ocean. Maybe go sailing a little bit later tonight. I'm sailing. God, I wish we could do what about Bob? Um, (laughs) baby steps up the stairs so we are introduced to our main character jack chester played by like john candy he loves the name chester yeah uh, apparently and from what i gathered i think he's from chicago because he wears a blackhawks jersey for a big portion of the movie 
yeah, I think that's like pretty much his entire attire. That say that three times. His fast. entire attire, entire attire. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of similarities from last week to this week. If he is in fact from Chicago, and like you said, named Chester. Yeah, and we've had a run of Chester names in the last like four weeks from Airheads to this. Yeah. What's up with dudes named Chester in movies? Yeah. It, do you know anybody named Chester in real life? I don't think so. Me either. I Thanks, can't Carl e- Reiner and John Hughes. <laughs> I can't even think of like an athlete or an actor named Chester. Well, there's Chet Holmgren, but is his real name Chester Holmgren? Oh, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't think it is. I think I, no, I, think I think I looked, it's just. I think I looked yeah, it up, and it's, it's no, it's short for something else, like it's Charles or something like. Chet Thomas Holmgren. That is his whole name. Oh, it's just Chet. It's just straight up Chet. Oh, all right. Well, uh, Jack Chester is a air traffic controller. And he's like, right off the bat, we can tell he's kind of scatterbrained. Uh, like his kids made his breakfast and he, they made him this hard boiled egg and he, you know, cracks it on the dash and it's not very well done. And then he pulls out a second one and goes to crack it on the dash and it just, it's raw. He just gets Should've egg all over his car. Should have told him to cook the second one too. That's on me. At least he knows when to fault himself. Cause you know, his, you know, he has a teenager and a very small boy. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into them in a minute, but. So he goes to work as an air traffic controller and he's talking to this plane and all of a sudden he's just like, where'd you go? I lost you. I lost you. I, I don't know where you are. Are you there? Come in, come in, come in. And his boss comes up and is just like, Jack, there's a fly on your screen. It's like flicks the fly away. And so he, he pulls Jack away from his station. And he just says, you know, look like this, this kind of thing keeps happening. The, the board has decided it's best if you just take a little vacation. Take take a four week vacation. And he's never taken a vacation in his life. He's a workaholic. Yeah, if my work was like you need to take a four week vacation, I'm like, how about five? Yeah, give me give me can we talk about six? What what who do I have to kill to get six? Yeah, really? I will drop something on somebody's head. I don't like Bob over there. Like do we know if he's getting paid on this vacation? Because if he is, then fuck. I think like legally they have to pay him for this. Yeah, if it's a forced vacation, I don't see. Yeah. Like, um, so, but they, it's the '80s, and Reagan was president, so who knows? Oh, yeah, that's true. Trickle down economics and whatnot. Yeah, trickle down my ass. <laughs> I went to this comedy show once, and uh, the guy said, "We need a thought or an idea that could be used as a synonym for ejaculation." And this guy in the crowd goes, <laughs> trickle down economics. And the host is like, oh, you, you get the at-home version of the show for this. That was perfect. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but so Jack and his family head to Citrus Cove, Florida, which I do not know if that's a real place or not. But I looked it up and I don't believe it was. Okay. But he's got his wife, Sandy, uh, his daughter, Jennifer, who you may recognize as Andy from the Goonies. That's who that was. Yeah, I did. I did. Was just on a whole Goonies tour. That's why I was in Astoria. I should do the Goonies tour. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, his son Bobby, played by Joey Lawrence. Whoa, 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 Blossom! 
Uh, his daughter, Lori, who is a small little baby person, and his dog, Archie. I love Archie. It's a good boy. So they they head to Citrus Cove and they get this great cabin just like right on the beach. Uh, great view of the ocean, obviously. It's like a postcard. Two floors. Everyone gets their own room. Just awesome place. I, I would love to stay at a place like that. Yeah. And so as they're going in, Archie gets up on the fence and starts barking at the neighbors. Jack's like, oh, he only barks at people he likes. And Archie's just going crazy. So Jack's like, he must really like you. <laughs> Archie, get out your ass up here now. <laughs> uh, Jack makes an excuse that he forgot his swimsuit because he doesn't want to go to the beach because it's John Candy and he's obviously a bigger fella. And he's uh, not happy with the way he looks in a swimsuit. You know, this is probably the most fit I've seen John Candy in a movie. Actually. Dude, I was thinking that too. Like, just comparing him to Great Outdoors, I was like, oh man, Candy looks a little thin here. Yeah, he's looking svelte. But he so, can run an eighth marathon. Well, let's not get crazy. That's true. He could walk it, maybe. The kids all go swimming. So Jack holds uh, Jennifer's headphones, which are just blasting the theme to Beverly Hills Cop. It was the 80s. We had to play that at basketball game so much in Pet Band. So much. I got sick of that song. But it's still a good song. Yeah, it is. Jack tries to say hi to the neighbors. He's like, hey, I'm I'm Jack Chester. And you are. And they're just like having lunch. He's like, all right, cool. Dicks. Fuck me. So then he just lays down and he falls asleep in the sun. Oh, no. Bobby wakes him up by holding a dead crab over his face. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a good way to wake up when you're sunburned. Yeah, he wakes up. There's actually no way to wake up good sunburned. He wakes up and he's just burnt to hell. He's just bright red. And he's like, oh, no, you know, you got to get a base. That's that's a good base. Got a good base going. Yeah. You know, as somebody who burns, you know, within three seconds of being in the sun, I... I relate. I don't get a base. I just burn and go back to off-white. <laughs> just to get a base. <laughs> uh, that night they go to a restaurant called Yacht House, and there's just there's this huge line. It's this really like upscale place. I'll have to give it to them. They were churning tables like none other there, though. It's like, here's your lobster. Eat it and get the fuck out. That's true. Jack... <laughs> Jumps ahead in line just to see the lobsters. It's one of those places where you get to pick the lobster and then they take it and cook it alive. I've never been to a place like that. Me neither. The only place I've had lobster is Red Lobster. Red Lobster. Yum. Wait, that's Red Robin. (laughs) (laughs) We go in Sizzler. Sizzler. We go in Sizzler. I wish that movie was also bad, but that's a good movie. Yeah. Jack grabs a bunch of mint toothpicks to to hold everyone over until they get to the front of the store. (laughs) Those always tasted funky. It was like sucking on mint soaked balsa wood. They had like splinter in your mouth. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's all these photos of the like and trophies of this, you know, big uh, sailboat racing champion named Al Pellet. That's a terrible name. Yeah. But well, I mean, the maitre d' at the restaurant says Al Pellet because he's French. Yeah. Oh, mon ami. <laughs> Finally, they get to the head of the line. He tells Jack, your table is the next table. And then all of a sudden, Al Pellet walks right in. 
walks right past the whole line and the guy leads him right to a table. And Jack's like, I thought you said we had the next table. And he was like, well, you do. Yeah. He's like, well, what about that guy? He's like, well, that's, that's Mr. Pele. He, he has a reservation. And uh, Jack's like, you know, I thought you didn't take reservation. He says, we don't, except for Mr. Pele. Uh, so, and then he says, you know, perhaps you would like to see a lot, um, excuse me, see a menu. He's like, I don't need a menu. I know what we're having. We're having lobster. You know, a good amount of money to get his whole family lobster. Because <laughs> lobster's been cheap, unless it was back in the 50s when it was considered a poor person. And then the French started making lobster thermidor, and I'm like, oh, we can charge like quadruple for this shit now. Yeah. There's sure. your food history. All that. <laughs> uh, but Pellet orders lobsters for his whole table and it's the last five lobsters so jack loses it at this point he you know (laughs) goes up to the table and he's just like excuse me these are these are my lobsters and pell is just like your lobster he's like yes this is my table and these are my lobsters Lobsters. (laughs) and pell is just like oh this is your table your table and these are your lobsters. lobsters. I assume this is like shoves his wife. <laughs> Your wife. And he kept that was like the fifth time he shoved the wife in the scene too. <laughs> He's like, is this your tie? Is this your jacket? Are these your boxers? And his wife's just like, hey, no, no. And he's like, yeah. Tut, 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 tut. <laughs> yeah. If I want to unzip my pants and show off my Johnson right now, lady, I am going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he didn't say, like, is this your Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> Major Johnson. I feel like that's the word he would use, too, is Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. He seems like the kind of guy that would use Johnson. Yeah. And it's weird seeing Richard Crenna without a mustache, right? Because he had a mustache in all the Rambo movies and in Hot Shots Part 2. Yeah. But so the the Chesters give up. They bail. They go home. Jack's like, you know, you don't want to eat here. There's rats in the kitchen. And I just found a whole bunch of rats. If I heard that, I would be gone. Yeah. So instead, they go to a restaurant called The Barnacle. Sounds classy. It's not. <laughs> it's uh, it's an old decommissioned boat. Nice. With, like, picnic tables attached. Uh, but there nice. is live music in <laughs> the form of an, of an elderly Asian man playing uh, what looks to be a sousaphone. Classic entertainment in Florida. The waiter comes up and the uh what's the youngest girl's name julie something like that she's like look a real pirate it's it's rip torn uh hey he's got one hand he's got a hook and he's he's dressed like a pirate you know stereotypical with the headband and the striped shirt and all the all the gimmick he does a really good pirate squint through the whole movie too yeah i love rip torn <laughs> me too he's awesome but I'm just, I'm going to go with Julie because I'm not going to scroll up to see what her name was. Uh, yeah, Lori. Oh, Lori says, you know, how'd you lose your hand? And he says, oh, you don't want to hear that story. Uh, and so then they say, you know, what's what's good here? And he's like, well, you got to get the Scully's catch of the day. It's fresh grouper, slightly breaded, sauteed to a golden brown with lemon butter shallots and a teasing hint of Dijon. That sounds delightful. It sounds like something I would cook. Yeah, it sounds really good. So they're and 
you know, the Chesters all agree. They're like, that sounds great. We'll, we'll take five of those. And so he calls out Scully's catch of the day. And Cortez, the uh, Mexican helper guy at the restaurant says, okay, five Scully's catch of the day. And you see him pull out this box of fish sticks. <laughs> Fresh frozen. <laughs> yep. And uh, anti Franny's they were called. Yeah. You know, they looked like they're from the fifties. Yeah, they did. So that night, uh, Sandy is rubbing Nagzima on Jack's sunburn. He's is just, that what that was? That's what she kept saying. She said Nagzima like five times. Oh, I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a little uh, sponsor ad placement going on. I'm so adverse to commercials now. If somebody like says a product name in a movie, I'm just like, <laughs> tuned out. <laughs> Jack's just like, you know, oh, I, I, it hurts so bad. Then he's like, oh, put a little more here. And you just hear her say you're not burnt there and he's like i know not yet uh that night someone starts breaking into the house Uh-oh. we can hear that somebody regular uh what the hell's the word jiggling jiggling the front door <laughs> jiggle it just jiggle it <laughs> just jiggle it archie does nothing he just lays on the on the floor jack goes and he opens the door he's with a like a grabs a statue and he throws open the door and there's this family standing there. And the guy, the dad is like, Hey, whoa, take whatever you want. Just don't harm the children. Jack's like, I won't. What are you doing here, guy? He's like, the guy's like, who the hell are you people? He's Jack says, we're the three bears. Who the hell are you? (laughs) I love that line. But the guy's like, we own this house. And Jack's like, well, we rented the house for the week. Here's my receipt. See, 415 Beach Road. And the guy's like, this is 415 Beach Lane. Oh. Which, why would they do that? <laughs> that, yeah. The thing is, they do, though. If you go to, like, the Jersey Shore or something, there's going to be, like, Beach Road, Beach Street, Beach Lane, Beach Boulevard. Beach Circle. Beach Way. Son of a beach. That, that beach. Some beach. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they're all, you know, have egg on their face and they're all leaving, making a big scene. Jack dumps all of Archie's food all over the floor. Archie just starts going to town. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The dog never listens once to this whole show. Yeah. The the, the dad is just like, just leave it. And Jack's like, oh, that's, that's a good idea. You might have a visitor who has a dog. (laughs) The dad's like, just get the hell out of here, boy. (laughs) Yeah. So he leaves. Uh, and then. You know, beat beat comes right back in the front door, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I, for- I forgot my Noxzema." He runs back upstairs, comes back down with Lori in his arm. He's like, <laughs> "And my daughter." Yeah, daughter might be more important. And she's like, "I wet my bed, Daddy." And he goes, "No, you didn't. You wet their bed." <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's such a good line. It's so, it's so sneaky too. It's one of those sneaky lines that I just absolutely love. Yeah. So the real house they go to is not nearly as glamorous. It's a single floor, little kind of dumpy place. Like, it, Yeah, it looks like one of the houses that you definitely want to knock down. You want to buy it just to knock it down and rebuild where it was. Yeah, like there's a guy doing construction on the deck next door, like all hours oh, of the day. Constantly. There's flies everywhere. Jack's just walking around with a fly swatter, just constantly killing flies. The, the plumbing is apparently no good. 
uh, and they can't get a hold of the landlord because apparently he's in intensive care. <laughs> Sounds about right, Florida. Yeah. And then they're, they're sitting there eating dinner or breakfast, right? And they got a big window right next to the table, and they look out, and there's this weird, creepy ginger staring in the. In the this is why window. they are soulless. And Jack just like takes the fly swatter and she's like, "Get out of here." <laughs> But then they notice there's like a whole parade of people going by. Nonstop. Yeah. So Jack goes out there and just like, hey, what the hell are you people doing? Why are you walking right by my house? And this guy just lets out a big belch as he points to the sign that says public beach access. Nice. Nice, dude. Yeah. And Jack's just like, okay, go ahead. I'm Joe Public. Welcome to my beach. Well, this freaking sucks. Hey, kids. We're going back to Chicago. <laughs> uh, Jennifer makes friends with a hot mulleted lifeguard. Most of those lifeguards were mulleted. <laughs> That's true. And, wh- and why did they have like, why were they, who the hell just like willfully wears jock straps that they had all on that line? Uh, lifeguards in the eighties. I was Maybe. a lifeguard in the nineties and, there was why would a lifeguard a need a jock strap? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. You they just don't need wear your cups. No, you don't have a cup to go in the water. That's a good point. I didn't think of that, but yeah, you drag the person along your side, not in your crotch. Yeah, but Jack is certain that all lifeguards are just sex maniacs. Well, yeah. And Sandy's like, "Don't worry, I'll be with her the whole time." And then she takes off her robe and she's in a bikini. Uh, and then yeah, there's just this whole a whole gaggle of lifeguards, which it's funny. I was watching this and I put in my notes, whole gaggle of lifeguards. And then right after I typed that, as they're coming out, Jack is just like, geez, there's a whole gaggle of them. <laughs> well done. Well done, sir. So either, so- like- either something's stuck in the back of my memory or I just have a certain kind of comedic. I'm going to go with a little column A, column B on that one. Yeah, that it fits. And then, yeah, like Kevin said, just jock straps all along the clothesline. So many jock straps. I think there were more jock straps than there were lifeguards. <laughs> you might be right. But Jack takes Lori to nursery school while everyone else goes to the beach. That would be sucky for that little girl. Yeah. Which I, I was like, you're on vacation. Why are you taking her to nursery school? Like, That's just extra money you have to spend. Yeah. And how, how did you even find a nursery school on vacation? And why? Like that. It's just like, bam, she's just going to nursery school. Yeah. There's definitely some weird things in this script where you're just like, what are you doing? I wonder if they like kind of had to like throw that in because of, you know, child labor laws, which are ruining this country, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, kids of a certain age can only be on set for so many hours a day. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning was, but it was it was a weird plot device. But a little bit. Afterwards, the two of them go to the beach. This is Jack's wearing a Blackhawks jersey to the beach. And some capris, it looked like. Yeah. He's got a cooler in one hand and Lori in the other, and the, the cooler like pops open, you know, it's got the little drainage thing, and it pops open, and he's just dumping water on all these people, because these people are just ass to elbows on the on the beach. And I their towels. beaches like that. I could never. No, it's not worth it. I would either be in the water or on my way home. Like, there's no way I, I would lay on a beach like that. 
no, I don't want to like, you know, be smelling like, you know, hairy Italian guys that smell like, you know, Parmesan and, you know, Noxzema. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Florida. Ew. So it's going to be like a wet hot. It's not going to be a dry hot like it is here. Yeah. Wet hot American summer. Yeah. Uh, But see, he finally finds Sandy and the kids and he's so exhausted from carrying all this stuff that he just collapses. But then Sandy's like, hey, I'm about half done blowing up this raft. Can you finish it? She had maybe two ounces of air in that thing. (laughs) (laughs) But so he finishes blowing it up. Uh, Sandy asks uh, Lori, how was nursery school? And Jack's like, oh, she graduated. Mother Goose retired. All right. <laughs> yeah, just a weird line. Like, oh, that's okay. We need to write off nursery school so we don't have that plot point anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> As we're shooting this, Carliner's like, no, I don't like that. Take it out. <laughs> hey, John, make up something on the fly. <laughs> but so Joey Lawrence comes up and Jack's like, hey, here's your raft. And he's like, oh, I don't want that anymore. Let's, I want to play Frisbee. Of so, course. <laughs> and then, so he takes the frisbee and he's like, here, catch. It just throws it right in his dad's dick. <laughs> From like three feet away. Yeah. And Jack's just like, oh, say, can you see? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but so they go out and they're playing frisbee out on the beach. And the frisbee gets away from Jack and lands on this couple's towel. And right as it lands, they roll over and they're going to town on each other. And so Jack's hand gets stuck under the lady. And she's kind of into it. Yeah, she, I think she thinks it's it's the husband, like, grabbing her ass or something. But, oh, yeah, because she calls him an octopus. Yeah. Oh, you're an octopus. That dude was also very hairy. Yeah, he was. But the guy notices Jack, and Jack's just like, your wife is on my whammo. <laughs> uh, it's a frisbee. It's never a whammo. Come on. Product placement again. I mean, I think there, there's a term for name brands that become like public domain, basically. But I can't like remember Kleenex what it is. And Oreos like and... Frisbee, Kleenex. Yeah. Yeah. Toilet paper. No. No, not toilet paper. <laughs> Why did I say that? Uh, but Jack the, tells the guy, he's like, oh, it's, it's fine. Just keep it. Or if you want to return it, I'm at 415 Beach Lane. Road, beach road. (laughs) So then him and Bobby go to play volleyball. He's like bragging to Bobby how good he is at volleyball. No one's good at volleyball. I mean, no, no, not even them. People who play volleyball, like no professional beach volleyball players. No, 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 it's a bullshit game. (laughs) (laughs) But Jack, he. It tries to serve and he hits Sandy right in the head. She's like 10 feet off the court. <laughs> 66 times. My dog's looking at me like I'm a, an idiot. I'm going to say another <laughs> word. Uh, then Jack tries to spike the ball and he just falls face first through the net. Oh. So he's kind of lamenting how embarrassing that was as. Sandy buries him in the sand. And then Which he's not bad with the amount of sunburn he had on him, but that's he true. left his face out. 
but he looks out into the ocean and he sees a sailboat and he's like, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm a great sailor. I'll take Bobby sailing. You ever been sailing? I have not. It's kind of fun. Unless the boat goes under, then it gets kind of cold real quickly. I bet. It does. Yeah. It happens to be outside of Anacortes. It was cold. Never again. But so they tried to rent a boat, but there's no boat rentals for the next two weeks. And uh, the woman at the rental place says, you know, there's only one place that I know of that, that has any boats available. Can you guess where? It's the Barnacle. Arr. Scully. And so Scully gives him this boat called Shotzi. Shotzi? The ballsy badass. Um, it's a fine vessel. But he offers him, you know, one free lesson. And Jack is just like, oh, no, I, I know how to sail. Don't worry about it. I don't need your lesson. I don't need your pirate ways. And so as they're out on the ocean, they see the incisor, which is Al Pellet's boat, which is he a dentist or something? Like, why? Is- he has to be a dentist. But they never mention what he does. He's just like a seven time regatta champion. Yeah. Like, is that how he makes his money? It's definitely not winning sailing races. <laughs> Do you like win a million dollars if you win the regatta or something? That's never addressed. I don't think so with the Citrus Cove one. I imagine if you, I think there's like a regatta World Cup, but that's like multiple days and you start in Florida and end up in like Portugal or some shit. Mm. That's all, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch boat racing. But they're heading right for it. Bobby's like, hey, dad, you know, you better get out of the way. And he goes, oh, no, I'm the smaller boat always has the right of way. But obviously, that's not true. Al Pellet does not subscribe to this notion. So the boats crash. Jack messes up his knee. They put a hole in the incisor. It's a tiny little hole. Tis but a scratch. (laughs) Tis but a flesh wound. But Pellet is just like, I am going to get you. You you are finished, renter. Keeps calling him renter. That's that's a good like you know insult to you know part timers. Yeah, I think it's that night, or maybe it's the next day. There's a big storm. I think it was that night. We see Jack's got a big air cast on his whole leg. He's watching golf, although the kid the TV's all staticky from the storm. Uh, Sandy and the kids go to a movie, but Sandy forgot her wallet. So John Larroquette steps in to to pay for the tickets. You know, I thought he'd have a bigger part, but he's just like two more scenes and he has like three words in the entire movie. So like I said, there's definitely some script problems going on here. And this is probably the biggest one because you think that he's going to be like a villain. Like he's like moving in on Sandy. Yeah. But that never happens. No, not once. You're like, Oh, it's like, I don't remember this, but obviously John Larroquette's going to hit on Sandy for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like they no, go, he's just like a nice guy. They he's go like and nice hang out. Dad. They go and hang out yeah. with Jack multiple times, but he's never like trying to sleep with her or put any kind of moves on her or anything. Yeah. He's just like a nice dude. And that's so unlike John Larroquette. Also. Yeah. That, that too. Like John Larroquette always plays a scumbag. Yeah. Are you excited for kind of like, I'm excited for him to be in the new Night Court relaunch. But not excited for the Night Court relaunch. I just want John Larroquette on my television. Wait, they're relaunching Night Court? Yeah. 
I think it comes out later this Harry year. Harry Anderson or... and Mar- uh, Marky Post are both dead. Yeah, they replaced them. <laughs> I know. That's why I don't like this, but I want John Larroquette on my television. No, I don't like any of that. That's no. Yeah. I, I'm shocked you haven't heard about this. I Maybe I just chose not to. Because yeah. that's terrible. You just put it into a recessed center of your mind. Yeah. I put it in the vault <laughs> where I just pretend Never. things don't exist. <laughs> like the Oklahoma City Thunder. And my first wife. Um, where Mine was too. I? Oh, uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, John Larroquette buys their tickets. Uh, him, his son Greg. I guess the whole point of of John Larroquette is to kind of introduce his son Greg because he is more of a character than John Larroquette, although he is just mentioned more than he's actually on screen. Right. It, it, it's it's so weird. They just like you know we have to get this under ninety minutes and cut out a bunch of shit with John Larroquette. I don't know, man. It's weird, but Jennifer and Greg kind of hit it off. He's like, you know, what are you listening to? They both got headphones in. He's like, what are you listening to? And she says, oh, a Wham 102 or whatever, some radio station. And so the guy switches it over and it's Footloose. Like, what, what does she only listen to movie soundtracks? What is going on here? Yeah, at the movies, um, I noticed there was a Top Secret poster, which I absolutely love Top Secret. And there was a Footloose poster in the background the entire time. Oh, was there? <laughs> there was, yeah. And I think it was a Rambo movie, too. I couldn't make out the other one. But yeah, like the whole time she's listening to songs made exclusively for movies. Not just, you know, movie soundtracks. Yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, but Kenny Loggins was big in the mid 80s. It could have been part of like a Kenny Loggins compilation or something. I don't know. I guess. Did they have compilations back then? I think they called them mixtapes. Ooh. It was just uh, like Footloose and Danger Zone and playing with the boys. Playing with the boys. I don't remember how that goes. Playing with the boys. That's it. Because I'll be staying playing with the boys. Oh, that takes me back. And I, I miss making mixtapes. Do you? I mean, you kind can of make a playlist now. It's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same, but I, I don't know. I like the actual, you know, handing over a tape or CD to somebody back in the day. Yeah. And like, you know, putting a lot of thought and like having to like track down the songs to like, you know, make the tape. Do you remember having now to tape songs off the radio? I have done that. Yeah. Like listen all day. And be like, oh, I love this song. And you're missing like the first five seconds. Yep. <laughs> and then when they talk over the end and you're just like, God damn it. Stupid Pat Anderson and 104.7 KDUX, the rock of the coast. (laughs) So back at the house, uh, Archie comes in out of the rain, but he left his bone outside. So Jack goes out to get it and Archie closes the door on him. And locks it. (laughs) Somehow. Good boy. Then he goes and he sits in Jack's chair and all of a sudden the TV clears up. So Archie's watching golf. Comedy ensues. Godzilla runs to the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, that... the John Larroquette invites them out on his speedboat. Jack Jack is apparently invited, but he doesn't want to go because of his knee. Was it a speedboat or was it a jet boat? <laughs> jet boat! <laughs> Sorry, Dad. 
but he says, you know, he asks his Don's uh, John Larroquette is his wife nice. And they're like, Oh, he got divorced last year. And so they all take off. And again, again, like leading you to think that John Larroquette is going to be, you know, kind of, kind of a wedge in their marriage. Yeah. A bastard man. But, but no, no, once again, he's like completely like cordial and like, you know, just chats about not a lot because he doesn't have any lines. Yeah. (laughs) There's barely any screen time. Yeah. But what the hell? How could you leave John Larroquette off your screen? Everyone takes off and Jack is just sitting here by himself and he goes, so how's everyone? Good? You look good. And then like this random guy walks by and he's like, you want an orange? <laughs> an orange juice? <laughs> Some orange juice? <laughs> Some juice? <laughs> so you do it so much better than I. I can never get the juice <laughs> down. Uh, we find out it's 110 degrees out. Oh, all that swamp air in Florida with Florida people. (laughs) Swamp people. (laughs) I'd rather hang out with swamp man than swampy Florida people. (laughs) But the next door neighbor, Vicky, comes over. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she's just, you know, they're kind of chatting. And uh, she says, so what do you do? And he says, oh, I'm an air traffic controller. She says, oh, so you must have like really good vision. He says, yeah, you know, pretty good. So she pulls her top up and she's like, well, what do you think of these? And he's like, whoa, uh, uh, what, what do I think? And she's like, yeah, how, how do they look? He's like, I appreciate what you're showing me right now. <laughs> he's like, uh, similar. <laughs> that's, that, you know, that's good. That's good. You want, you want, you know, almost a trajectory, but that's not the word I want. Symmetry. Symmetry, that's the word I wanted. <laughs> but she's like, I just got him. It was either these or a chainsaw for Ed. And Jack's just like, oh, well, good choice. Yeah, I'd, I'd take those over a power tool any day. Of course. Suddenly, Ed comes down the stairs. I forgot to mention they went back to Vicky's house. but Yeah. Ed starts coming down the stairs. So Jack is like, oh, would that be Ed? And she's like, yeah, just nonchalantly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so he pops up. He like pops his air cast. He's like, oh, great. Husband's coming. And I blow a leg. <laughs> but ed comes down the stairs and he's just like what are you doing with your tits out again like buddy would you just like honey they look great they feel great guy feel would, you, would you feel them <laughs> and tell her that they feel great and jack's just like Meh. like this like, yeah. little tap he's like oh the, yeah, i think those. it was in the back of the hand too <laughs> back of the hand. he's like oh yeah those that, yeah. that's great natural and ed's just like you know i had to give a power tool for those and he goes oh well you know that's it's a good good choice because those those are fun for the whole family. I, I tell that to my wife all the time. <laughs> that her boobs are fun for the whole family. I do. How's that go? Uh, she just looks at me like I'm an idiot. Like when, you know, that's like ninety five percent of our relationship. I, was I say, say some. I say something, and she's like, "Why did I marry you?" But so while he's at Vicky's house, this lady comes over and she's like, "Excuse me, can can my daughter use your bathroom?" And when she doesn't get an answer, she's like, "Just go." <laughs> It just sends her daughter into the stranger's house. Yeah, because that never leads to anything bad happening ever. Yeah. And then this random guy walks up behind her and is just like, hey, can I bother you for a glass of water? And she's just like, yeah, go ahead. Help yourself. That's not your house. You bitch. Yeah. You dumb C word. (laughs) (laughs) But by the time Jack comes home, there is just a giant party going on in his house. 
Yeah, people are cooking omelets. Yeah. There's, a guy like, there's a guy taking orders for omelets. He's like, all right, who had the Western or whatever? Like, yeah. He's got like, you know, a pack of smokes rolled up in his sleeve. He's got the cabbie hat on. He's got the Italian accent going. Yeah, like you said, there's a line for the phone. Um, But so Jack just loses and he starts banging his crutch against the fridge. And he's just like, ah, get up. Leave. This is like the second most like um, torment the guy faces the entire movie. You know, there is no other like. What's the word I want? Um, like conflict. Con- yeah, there's no other conflict. This is like the second time conflict really arises in the film outside of you know Mr. Pele, and and that's not really conflict until like the last twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I, so- I, I, I want to see the uh, director's cut of this. I want I want the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> So Jack goes upstairs and there's a guy up there in his bed with Archie watching watching the Smurfs. Jack's just like, get the hell out. And the guy's like, piss off. I was here first. Jack's like, I'm warning you. Get the hell out right now. The guy's like, I'm watching the Smurfs. He's like, oh, you're watching the Smurfs? You ever seen the one where Papa Smurf took a crutch and beat the shit out of that guy with a red hat? You want to see that one? (laughs) I'd watch that one. (laughs) That might be the best line in the whole movie. I think it is. Uh, and then he looks at Archie and he's just like, you traitor. <laughs> Archie's a good boy. But so Jack goes to Barnacle. And Scully's like, all right, what can I get you? And Jack's like, how about drunk? <laughs> That's also another good line. And Scully's like, that we can do. Yar. Then he gives him a shot and Jack's like, do you have an ice cube for this? Oh no. Everyone laughs and he's just like, ha yeah, kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> but so we cut to Jack and Scully are just pissed drunk. And they're fighting oh, over who would win eyes. in a fight, James Cagney or Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Stallone. Stallone is not a tall man, but Cagney may be a, have been a legit 4'6". <laughs> well, I've seen his suit, suit at Warner Brothers and a child would have, uh, or it would be tied on a, a 10 year old. <laughs> well, Scully has taken Jimmy Cagney. He says that he would beat the crap out of Stallone. And Jack is like, in a street fight, maybe I'll give you that, but not in a movie and not with today's cinematic advancements. <laughs> I thought this was an actual fight, not like, you know, a stage fight because, you know, look at the rock and Vin Diesel in. <laughs> Fast and Furious, you know, The Rock is a legit, like a foot and a half taller than Vin Diesel in real life. Yeah, probably has 100 pounds on him. Yeah, with cinematic advances, they look the same size. Yeah. But then Jack's like, do you have any more of those little oyster crackers? And Scully's just like, yeah, I ate them all. (laughs) He's like, oh, they're so good. Yeah, they were. He's like, all right, I'll just have another beer. That's pretty filling, right? And Scully's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, yeah, probably better for me, too. <laughs> Have you had oyster crackers in anything other than, like, chili or clam chowder? No. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever had oyster crackers in my entire life. Yeah, same here. Well, so then they're playing darts. And like I said, they're both just absolutely shithoused. 
So they're throwing darts and it's just going miles wide of the board. And then I, it didn't ever register with me, but every time I played darts with my mom after every round, she goes, count them up. And I didn't realize it was a reference to this movie. Oh, but Jack throws his last dart and he goes, count them up. Count them up. And Scully's counting and there's like one in the ceiling fan. <laughs> and then like, he looks up and there's one in his arm and he's like, who's who threw this? <laughs> And Jack's like, oh, Blue, that's you. So Scully threw a dart and hit himself in the arm. Did he have his like left arm out and thunk? Uh, or he threw it straight up and it came straight down, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Scully counts him up and he's just like, I win. Because of the one in his arm. He's like, who's this? And he's like, oh, that's you. And he goes, oh, then I win. <laughs> Bullseye. How much is that worth? All the points. Whatever you need. It's a wild card. <laughs> but so Scully is t- telling Jack, you know, you should have taken me up on that lesson. You never would have crashed. I could really teach you how to be a, a really good sailor. And so finally Jack takes him up on it. And they're out on the boat. And this is when Jack pukes. But then and it's Sc- half a second. <laughs> yeah. But Scully looks out over the boat. And he goes, ah, oyster crackers. That should be the last of it then. <laughs> God damn, I love Rip Torn. <laughs> But he tells Jack, he says, hey, you know, you said you wanted to be a sailor and we're going to stay out here until you are. And so then all of a sudden it cuts to that night. They're still out on the boat. And Jack's just like, you must know a lot of re- like really good ocean songs. Scully's like, oh, yeah, indeed. Here's one me mother taught me. Love. Exciting and new. And new. Come aboard. Lord. We're expecting expecting you. you. And they both together start singing the whole love boat theme. The next day, Jack wakes up and he's got a big ass pirate earring in his ear. Which stays with him the entire rest of the movie. Yeah, I love that that stays. Uh, But he's so hungover. And he goes to get up and the blanket doesn't move from his head. He's just like, oh, good. It's still dark. Like lays back down, slams his head into the headboard. And just like, oh, I feel that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, he's out sailing with Scully later that day. And Scully tells him, when you want to move the jibe, you say jibe ho. And so he's okay, jibe ho. And like, yanks the thing and knocks Scully into the water. And Scully's like, you have to say jibe ho oh. and then move the jibe. <laughs> <laughs> How about you swim to me? <laughs> yeah, Scully's like, come back. And he's like, uh, how about you swim to me? And he's just going straight, trying to turn. But it's like <laughs> yeah. a slow turn. It's more of a veer. So they go to the restaurant and Scully like fills his hat with ice and puts it on. And Jack's just like, does your head hurt? He's like, yeah, my head hurts. But Scully tells him, you know, like, hey, you're you're a good sailor. And with my help, you could be as good as me and maybe even better. That's that's a nice little pep talk. You know, there might be some natural talent there. Sure. Well, Chester. So the next day they go out and uh, Scully tells him, we're not sailing today. We're dancing. Ooh, Lombada, salsa. It is Florida. 
sailing, dancing. He tells him, oh, okay. He says, you can't control the sea. You know, you got to give yourself to her. If she wants you to dance. You got to let her lead. And Jack's like, didn't I read that on your bathroom wall? And he, Scully says, yes. And it's as true today <laughs> as it was when I hung it there. <laughs> Again, I love Rip Torn. Yeah. So they go out and they go sailing all day, spend the whole day out on the water. And Scully tells him that he's graduated and he gives him a graduation pin in the form of a fish hook that goes on his hat, which he immediately stabs himself with. Of course. And then I love he like pokes himself with the thing and he goes, oh, that really hurts. Is that how you lost your hand? And Scully's like, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> how would a fish hook, t- I guess you could get like gangrene. Yeah, if it got infected or something. Yeah. But that's another thing is that's the second time they've alluded to how he lost his hand and they never bring that back and actually tell you. Yeah, they, I think it's mentioned one more time right at the end, too. Does it? Yeah, I think the little girl asks. Oh. Somebody asks at the end. But yeah, you never find out. No. Wonderful. So that night, Jack, or I think it's that night, maybe, maybe the next day, but Jack gets a call saying that the landlord is out of critical, uh, critical care, critical condition. Oh, yay. So he goes, he tells... Sandy and the kids. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, you know, settle up with the rent and everything. Next thing we see is him in front of a funeral home. <laughs> oh no, that's not the way you want to get out of intensive care. No, there's good ways to get out of intensive care. That is not a good way to get out of intensive care. No, but so he like takes a sport jacket out of his car and puts it on, goes in, and the guy who runs the funeral home meets him. It's like, hey, I'm sorry, I, I don't like to conduct business here usually, but you know, that we kind of got to get things going. And so he goes into the funeral. The funeral is going on at this moment. That's a quick, like, you know, he's out of the hospital. Let's just get him in the ground. That's true. Yeah. But we find out that Al Pellet has bought the house that Jack is staying in. So fast. Yeah. So quickly. Dude's been dead an hour. It seems like. And he closes the casket to sign the papers on. Because well, he tried signing on the dead guy to start with. So fucked up. Uh, but, you know, Jack says, all right, well, you know, you're the landlord now. And I, I respect that. So I just wanted to give you this check for the last two weeks. And Pellet takes the check and rips it up. He's like, I wouldn't take this check from you if my children were starving in the streets. He's like, I want you and your entire family out of that house by Saturday at midnight, or I'm going to throw you out myself. I don't think he could. Yeah, I know, right? He's not that strong. Yeah, and there's five of them. So that night, Jack breaks it to his family that they have to leave, and the kids, like, freak out. Uh, yeah, it's weird. They like they didn't want to go on this trip to begin with, and all of a sudden, like, no. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer's like, oh, I, you know, I'm supposed to have a date with Greg. This isn't fair. But Joey Lawrence is just like, whoa, whoa. But he's just like, Santa, he's like, I'm not leaving, and just storms out. The, the hell you are, boy. It's like you're gonna have to leave eventually. You know you're that, right? Like you didn't buy yeah, this house. Like, no, you have to go back to no. It's Atlanta. They're in Atlanta, and. Yeah, you eventually have to go back. Oh, I wonder if this is like the Panhandle Coast. Wait, they're from Atlanta? Yeah, because there are cars to Georgia on it. Oh, why is he wearing a Blackhawks jersey then? Maybe he relocated to Georgia for work? 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I bet they're in the Panhandle Coast, and that would explain some of the behavior. Yeah. <laughs> but the next day, uh, Jack is hanging out with Scully at the Barnacle, and Scully tells him that Pellet tried to buy the Barnacle, and when he wouldn't sell it to him, he just started like trashing them in the press and stuff, and calling them all kinds of terrible things. Uh, and he says that, that Pellet's a squid stick. I have a good idea what that is. Cortez is like, yeah, squid stick. Squid stick. I think it's the only time Cortez speaks English in the whole movie. I think so. That and Scully's catch of the day. Yeah. Scully catch of the day. Catches of the day. But so Jack gets this big idea that he is going to challenge Pellet to a boat race. Remember, Pellet had all the trophies, all the pictures in the restaurant. He's this seven years in champion. A row. Yeah. Seven years in a row. Champion sailing. Unbeatable. Racer. And Jack, Unbeatable. Jack decides he's going to challenge him to a race. Seems smart. So he goes to the what could go wrong? Goes to the yacht house, finds Pellet, lays down the challenge. Pellet's like, "You couldn't beat my dinghy." Ooh, good line. Maybe that's what he'd call his Johnson. Well, in this context, yeah, I think it depends yeah. on context. Good point. But Jack says, "Here's the deal. I got a check right here for one thousand dollars." Next two weeks rent. If I have 24,000 more, but you know, Roman Craig took it from me. <laughs> He's like, if you win, you take the check and we'll leave immediately. But if I win, I keep the check and we get to stay two weeks rent free. Which I was thinking about it. Haven't they already stayed two weeks rent free because pellet ripped up the check the first time. So yeah, they'll pretty much be staying four weeks free if he wins. That's a hell of a deal. Try to get that in America today. I'll say. Yeah. But so Pellet, you know, full of bravado, agrees to the deals, to the deal. One deal, just the one. (laughs) There are no multiple deals here. And so Jack like takes a big handful of Pellet's popcorn that he's eaten and shoves it in his mouth. And then he just like. (laughs) (laughs) And Pellet's like laughing at him for choking while he has popcorn in his mouth and then he starts choking okay. the guy behind him is like You're smacking him on the back it gives him like a huge ass whiskey <laughs> I assume it was whiskey or bourbon it looked the color I mean it's they're rich guys so it's probably scotch oh yeah it's probably scotch or brandy isn't brandy a little lighter it, it's pretty I thought dark. it was fairly light yeah I don't know it had to be a scotch I didn't pay that much attention 30 year yeah it's not important to anything. But I would never have scotch and popcorn. But so Jack comes up with this idea that he is going to fix up the barnacle and use that in the race. Smart move. Seems legit. So when he's telling his family about it, Sandy's like, you don't have a boat. And he goes, yes, I do. The barnacle. And Joey Lawrence the is restaurant? like, yeah, you're going to sail a fish restaurant? <laughs> Whoa. But they bring in uh, Angus played by Richard Hurd, who I thought this was rip torn um, double act or playing two parts for a little bit. Dude, I did because the way they shoot Angus, it looks like, you know, it's rip torn. I didn't realize this was Richard Hurd until I looked at IMDb. Uh, Richard Hurd, of course, best known as playing Mr. Pitt on Seinfeld. Oh yes. But yeah. In this, he's like Scottish. He's got a giant handlebar mustache with like the ends twisted up and bright red hair. Listen here, you Swede. 
he's pointing out all the stuff that's wrong in the boat, but he's just like got this thick Scottish accent and I don't understand a word he's saying. And clearly nobody else does either. No, this is worse than the Michael, um, Mike Myers, uh, Scottish accent for the father and how I married an ax murderer. Yeah. But so finally Jack just says, all right, so in layman's terms, how bad is it? He's like, ah, she's a right pig. <laughs> he says, you know, if you're going to turn this boat into something race worthy, you're going to need a lot of luck. And Cortez says something in Spanish. Angus is like, what did he say? And Scully says, he said, we make our own luck, you dumb Swede. <laughs> Scottish Swedes, they're close enough. <laughs> There's only a small sea that separates them in one large country. <laughs> but so they get to work on the boat, kind of trying to fix it up. Um, they're like sawing two by fours for something that even Jack doesn't know what it's for. And they never bring it back up. Yeah, you'd think that they would show what they were sawing those for. But they're like, oh, I wish there was a way to do this faster. And so Jack gets an idea and they bring in Ed and his power tools. <laughs> How many of these you need? Uh, and then we see her, we see Vicky talking to Scully and she's like, so you're a sea captain. He's like, yeah. And she goes, you must have good eyesight. Good eyesight. <laughs> and then we see him like running off the boat and Ed's standing there and he's like, not again. Hey Dad. buddy, would you just tell her they're perfect? And Scully's like, they're perfect. They're perfect. He's, run- he's running away. You know, I like this gag. They do it a little too much, and I feel this could have been given. This time could have been given to John Larroquette <laughs> because I feel he and Vicky would have hit it off. But then, what about Ed? Even my dog agrees. Yeah, oh, I like Ed too. Damn it, Ed was a good guy. But then Sandy and the kids show up, and they they want to help. So of course, it's montage time. And we don't get the typical 80s montage. We get a special feature for this one since it's a boat in Pearl Gray. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dog. Where? <laughs> That's what she said. Now she wants to go chase the squirrels in the backyard again. <laughs> this is what she loves to do all goddamn day. <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway, you were talking about the montage. Yeah, and we get a special song for this one. Since it's on the beach in Florida, who is it by? Jimmy Buffett. Hey. Of course. Uh, The song Turning Around by Jimmy Buffett. But we see the kids are scraping barnacles off the bottom of the boat. Uh, Sandy's painting the boat. Which, the barnacles I get, like, that's probably good for wind resistance or water resistance, I guess. But, like, is painting the boat really necessary? Like, Yeah, you want it streamlined. It's going to create a smoother surface. Shouldn't you uh, like be doing something with two by fours at this point? Should be. But Sandy paints herself into a corner. She like paints the whole deck and gets to the very end. And she's like, oh, no. And she's like, Jack. He sticks his head out. He's like, ah, painted yourself into a corner, huh? She says, yeah, what do I do? And he goes, I don't know, because I did the same thing down below. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully that's quick dry paint. Yeah. But so they finish up and they get... It's ready for sea. And Jack says, crew of the barnacle, raise your drinks. And uh, <clears throat> Scully and uh, I forgot his name, Cortez and, Cortez. and Yorku, who is the, <laughs> the elderly Asian piano player. <laughs> they all raise their drinks. And Jack looks at his kids and he's like, is there something wrong with your arms? I said, raise your drinks. 
We're part of the crew? We're part of the crew? Whoa! Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is one major problem with the boat still, though. Uh, Angus has yet to find a sail. That might be a little necessary. (laughs) (laughs) And Pearl Grey is devastated by this news. Yeah, she's very upset. (laughs) Very, very upset. But so we see we see Angus Gray or Angus Gray. <laughs> Angus Young. <laughs> we see Angus running all over town, running all over the state of Florida, trying to find a sail big enough. And finally, on the day of the race, as they're all just kind of hanging out, he runs up and he throws this bag at him. That seemed like a small sail though. It did, but I imagine it was folded up all nice and tight. Yeah, that's probably true. Toit like a tiger? Toit like a tiger, yeah. Um, but so they, they go to the race, and they show up just in time to, to make the starting pistol. Because first, uh, Pellet was like, ah, he didn't even show up. He still owes me the money, though. Like, But yeah, they get there. <laughs> they, get the, <laughs> they get there just in time, and Pellet... It's like, ah, look who it is. Captain Blackhawk and the SS Movable Feast. <laughs> uh, we we see John Larroquette and Greg in, in the audience with Archie. Yeah, so they must become like, you know, family friends if you're going to have them watch the dog. Yeah. Hold on. Once they get a dog, let me let mine outside. Okay. Or this is going to continue for a second. So they're sailing along and uh, Laurie asks her mom if she can play in the basement with Yorku. She calls it a basement. But I don't know what happened here. Things got a little haywire in the ADR department. I'm going to put it in in the episode right here so you can hear it for yourself. But I'm pretty sure a grown adult man dubbed in for Lori right here. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Mommy, can I play in the basement with Yorku? Um, It's... Wild. I was like, I literally rewound it three times. I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, but we see, you know, pellets like hoist the main staff and shiver me timbers or whatever. I don't speak sailing. I don't know. <laughs> but then we see Scully telling their crew to do the exact same thing. So they're doing everything that that pellet is doing. Which is a good move. Yeah. And then there's a nice little callback where Jack says, you know, prepare the jibe. And he looks at Scully and then together they're like, jibe ho! Yay! But so they're doing everything right, but they still can't seem to gain any ground on Pellet and the other sailors. Because this is the the regatta. This is the the whole big thing. It's not just a one-on-one race. Yeah, there's like 20 other boats. Yeah. Suddenly Cortez sticks his head out of the, the deck, the... I don't know. The basement. The basement, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, anybody else want a Scully's catch of the day? And Scully's just like, what do you have? And he's like, Scully's catch of the day. And he's like, that was where did you get very... that? And he's like, downstairs in the freezer. Yeah. And he says, didn't I tell you to throw out all the food and the freezer? Freezer? He's like, I thought you said, don't throw out all the food in the freezer. And so all of a sudden, Scully's like, we got a chance, guys. Like, and so they throw all the food, take the freezer, throw it in the water. It's Florida. It's fine. Yeah. There's worse things in there, I'm sure. 
Yeah, there's toxic sludge and dead bodies yeah. sleeping with the fishes. See, see. <laughs> but so now all of a sudden they're flying and they're catching up to everybody. We're flying, man. We're flying. Uh, back on land, we see Vicky talking to one of the judges for the regatta, and she's like, "So you're a judge, huh? So you're good at judging things, then?" <laughs> he, oh, that that judge got excited. <laughs> He was like 95, too. <laughs> yeah. They catch up to Pellet, and suddenly their sail just, like, deflates. And Scully's like, he's stealing all our wind. And Jack's like, he can't do that. He's like, oh, he's doing it. Son of a bitch. And then suddenly this little, like, small plane flies overhead. And Jack, remember, he's an air traffic controller, so he knows things about planes. Yeah. He like kind of goes off course and he catches the wind from this plane and they get a big gust of wind and they fly past everybody. But just before they can pass the incisor, they kind of slow down and they're like, Scully says, we need more sail. That's the only thing we could do to go faster would be to have more sail. And so we are going to get a sail at a time like this. Yeah. We see Jack kind of like, Hmm. And then next thing you know, they're passing the incisor. Quite easily now. Yeah. And Pellet's looking over and he's just like, Renter! Gar! But they look up. Curses! <laughs> curses! They look up and they see that Jack has taken off his pants, tied the bottoms, and sent him up the sail. Good move. Good move. It gives, I him, assume. gives him just enough. They pass the incisor. They win the whole damn thing. And then the movie basically and stops. They get a million dollars, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we we know that he gets to keep a thousand dollars and stay rent free. That's all we know for sure. Yeah, because the movie just ends. There's like no follow up. There's no celebration, really. No, no, there's, I mean, there's a little bit. We see like uh, John Larroquette and Greg celebrating. Yeah, with Archie. And we see one of the judges asks the old ass judge. She's like, "Is that legal?" And he goes, "I don't know if it's legal, but I like it." Like and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the end. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, there's definitely a lot of really blatant plot issues going on here. Um, a lot of things that they seem I, to kind of start and never finish. Right. I never noticed this, like, you know, when I saw this when I was a kid, but, you know, I'm not paying any attention to writing, directing, or anything like that when I'm like 10 years old. Right. When I watch this, you know, a lot of times with my parents. And right. I, didn't, I didn't pay attention to things like plot holes and stuff. I just, I laughed at the jokes and, oh, look at John Candy. He's burnt. Ha ha. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, the dog. He's not listening. Hilarious. Right. Um, But yeah, like now watching it being almost 40 years old and actually like knowing and more old. than I, I used to about movies and I'm just like, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, you've been in them. I have made them. <laughs> there's definitely some plot issues. I don't want to call them plot holes because plot holes indicates that there's a beginning and an end to it. And just, I'm yeah. missing a middle. This, I feel like there's a beginning and no end. Yeah. Th- there's no, there's no middle either. It's a plot, 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 a plot start. Yeah. I guess that works. It's a plot. A plot. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Hashtag plot. Yeah. It starts and there's zero follow up. Like, I want to know what the hell they were doing with the freaking um, two by four cuts that like they never show anything like that again. Like what, 
seriously, what are they doing with those? Well, yeah, and they, they I even have like take uh, they take a beat to say, "What are you doing with all these?" Yeah, and Jack says, "I don't know. I just know we need a lot of them." It's like if you're going to take that beat and put that line in there, then you have to follow yeah. up and show us what they're for. Yeah, because they showed him carrying like a um, a clothes hamper full of these things onto the boat too right after that line so obviously it was important for something yeah and to me the the most glaring one is the whole john larroquette thing like i said yeah. he, you know he pays for the kids tickets and you're instantly thinking that oh this guy's going to be a, a problem and he's going to kind of butt into their marriage and because that's john larroquette's character in every movie ever right you're thinking he's going to put this strain on them but no he just ends up being a nice guy which is so on John Larroquette. I don't get it. Yeah, but there's no like, like, as far as we know, as a viewer, him and Jack never meet in person. No, not once. They're, they're, they have zero screen time together. Yeah, that, I, that's also, good. I, that's a good call. I was like, I noticed that during the movie and then just kind of forgot about it until you just mentioned it now. But yeah, that's a good point. And it's like, not once. They do not share a single second of screen time together. And Carl Reiner's a funny man, a great director, done a lot of great movies. How do you not put in a scene that has Candy and Larroquette? Because that's just going to be gold. Yeah. And I mean, you can, you know, have them meet and kind of bond and him, you know, have Larroquette tell him that he's not after his wife and he's just trying to be a good guy. But everything is leading in the direction of him being an antagonist in their relationship. And then it just ends. Yeah, there. Like, like I said, there's a start. There's no middle. There's no end. Outside of him watching the dogs and maybe becoming good friends with you know the wife. Yeah, and the and the kids, you know, having, you know, an unwed baby in high school. Yeah, but you you didn't need John Larroquette in there to introduce Greg. Greg could have just no, been a guy. Like Greg yeah. could have bought their tickets. He's a teenager he could have had a job he could have bought their yeah. tickets or you know you could have just had the lifeguard be the love interest that would you would introduce us to yeah, in exactly. the first place you know what it made more sense you know greg is working the movie theater he's like oh no what don't forget about you know forget about it yeah yeah these are on me these are on the house there you go Go in get out of the rain it's raining don't go back outside yeah and that would have won him more points exactly because the mom's gonna like him there and you know jennifer's gonna be like oh hey baby and then Scully's hook was the other one. Like, how, yeah. how are you going to mention it multiple times and then not actually close that loop? So many questions. We need. I'm going to bust out the Ouija board tonight and uh, ask Carl Reiner some questions. <laughs> but, I mean, all that being said, I do still love this movie. It's uh, still a good movie. It's, it's not the best one we've done. And no, I definitely get a lot of the the gripes from the critics on this one. And I mean, if you're, yeah. you know, if you're a movie critic, then your job is to be overly critical and to, right. to find all those plot holes and not necessarily look at it from a purely entertainment standpoint, but we are not movie critics. We're just two dudes with microphones who tell you nothing but entertainment value. Exactly. And that's what we're here for. And, you know, I still enjoy it. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. I enjoyed it now and I'll enjoy it when I'm 80. Yeah, I mean, I. God, what are going to be watching movies on in forty years? <laughs> uh, yellow rays. Ooh. Or they'll just inject movies right into our brains. If we must, we must. If we must, we must. 
Oh God, no! Because you know he's the one behind it. Oh, probably. So we work harder and we can accept less money. But anyway, yeah, uh, I mean, lots of great lines in this. We've always talked about quotability, and I mean, just you could just yell Scully's catch of the day, and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I go to a seafood restaurant, I'll ask them if they have Scully's catch of the day. I always lo- I love how Cortez too. Like he'll say something in Spanish, and then someone will like repeat it in English, and he'll be like, "Is what I say." Is what I say. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good bit. Also, yeah, my biggest gripe about this is the lack of John Larroquette. I want to go back to that horrible dubbing for a moment. Uh, because that whole scene is very strange because that's also the first time we find out Yorku's name. Right. <laughs> and they have, like, Dr. Girlfriend doing the voice for, the, for Lori. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, did we even need that line? Was that line no. so important that you had to have fucking Rob from accounting come in and do a dub just to, so she could say, <laughs> can I go in the basement with Yorku? And then the mom Yorku. says, if Yorku's okay with it. And he says, yes, it's okay. I play. <laughs> like, did we need that? No, not at all. Nor did we need the shots, like, you know, the 10 shots down below of them, like playing dolls together and like her doing his hair. Yeah. Okay. That was cute and funny, but you know, they could have kept that. That's the only thing they need to show of like, you know, her doing his hair. And then he comes out wearing that newspaper hat. Yeah, exactly. Like the goodies. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie ha- has issues, but like I said, it's, um, Scully's catch of the day is one I always say a lot. I'm Joe public. Welcome to my beach. They're fun for the whole um, family. Fun for the whole family. And like I said, my mom always yelled and count them up when we played darts that I didn't even realize she was referencing this movie. Thanks, Taylor's mom. Um, God, what other quote, great quotes? Oh, the oyster crackers. That should be the last of it. <laughs> oh, my dad, my dad has definitely said that to me when I was throwing up. <laughs> I think my dad has too when we're out in the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, this this movie is great. I mean, it's your typical John Candy, which it is, um, yeah, is not a knock. Like that's I love. No, it's a good thing. I love just about everything John Candy does. We're gonna be talking more John Candy on this show, I'm sure. Uh, more than once. Yeah, and damn you, critics! Oh, well, you know, thank you, critics, for allowing us to talk about John Candy with the parameters we have set for this podcast. But at the same time. Go to hell for judging John Candy movies so harshly. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. We, we redo those. But after we review them. So we can still keep them. Yeah. If people re-review them, it doesn't count. Yeah. They're on our list now and they are not coming off. Yeah. So I I would recommend people watch this movie. I mean, like I said, it's it's not great from a technical standpoint. But it's, no. it's still such a fun movie to watch, especially if you like John Candy. It's a great summer movie. Uh, if, if you've ever gone to like, if you've ever rented a house for the summer or something like that, there's so much of this that you'll find hilarious. Yeah, or have anything to do with a regatta later this summer. Yeah, if you're a big sailor, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know anybody who sails anymore. I would love to get a sailboat one day, but they're a little pricey. I want a friend with a boat so that I don't have to worry about boat upkeep, but I can still go on the water. Well, I'll buy the sailboat and then I will sail up the coast and pick you up and then we'll go to Canada. Okay. Illegally. 
through international waters. That's right. And then we'll invade somebody somewhere. <laughs> and then we'll open the John Candy Museum. <laughs> That's right. We'll take more land from the Inuits up north. <laughs> you had to go there with it. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. Well, this this is on Pluto right now, so you can watch it for free if you don't. Or you can buy. If you don't it. mind commercials, or you can buy it if you want. I don't know. I'm not your dad. Yeah. Are you? Not not your real dad. Okay. So yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, thank you for joining us. As always, uh, make sure you check out cultusplat.com. You can listen to all the old episodes. We also have merch available. You can make a donation to the show if you want via PayPal. We have expenses, people. It's true. We do. And uh, it would be super cool if you would help us cover them. Or, you know, if you don't have any money, best thing you can do, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Just in the description, put that you're ordering Scully's Catch of the Day or that uh, this is your Johnson. (laughs) Or tell us a story about how you lost your hand, but give us no resolution. (laughs) Yeah. Or just say jibe ho. Ooh, please do that one. That costs no money, and it would really help us a lot. Also, just tell your friends. Just tell two friends. Uh, we, and they'll tell two friends. We, we want to start doing bonus content, but we don't want to put it out if nobody's going to be listening to it. So try and uh, get people to listen, and that would be really helpful for us. We would appreciate it a lot. You also, make sure to subscribe to the show either on you know Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or Podchaser or Podtail or Podknife. These are all real sites. Uh, or tune in to 9.30 a.m. radio um, at 3.22 a.m. for us. <laughs> Wham 102. Uh, yeah. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Cultus Platt. I am also available. You can follow me at the Taylor Bartle, and you can follow Kevin at Kevin Escoda on Twitter and Escoda D-U-H on the Instagram. Did you say Twitter? I think I did. I'm having a hard time speaking today. <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> He's not that drunk. (laughs) All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We will be back next episode with the final episode of Season of Splat. Like we said earlier, we're going to be talking summer school. So look forward to that. Hope to see you there. Until then, see ya. Bye.